Okay, and now we are going to conclude letter 26. So what we explained yesterday helps us understand why the main function of the Torah scholars was to be immersed in the laws of purity and impurity, to extract that essence, core, seminal wisdom of God that was in exile, that was hidden under the veils of evil. But by the times of the Messiah, when the divine presence will emerge from these forces of evil, after all the sparks will be extracted, after the evil will be separated from the godliness, at that point, this energy that we're calling the tree of knowledge of good and evil, meaning this admixture of godliness and evil of Klippos Naiga, at that point, it will no longer be dominant because the godly, which was giving it its energy and its power, will be extracted from it. It won't have any dominion anymore. And at that point in the times of the Messiah, people will be engaged in the study of Torah and the commandments not to extract sparks, as we do nowadays, but to cause union, fusion of higher levels of God's energies, much higher than are affected by our current study of Torah, to draw down lights higher than the lights of the world of being, transcending the world of being, as Rabbi Yitzhak Luria the Arizal explains. So at that point, everything will be accomplished by the inner dimension of Torah, the esoteric dimension by the performance of the commandments with lofty, mystical devotions to draw down these sublime lights. Because the roots of the commandments transcend the world of being. It's very, very high in the infinity of God itself. Our sages say that in the times of the Messiah, the commandments will be nullified. But that refers to a later era in the times of the Messiah, that era that we refer to as the resurrection of the dead. So in the days of the Messiah, before the resurrection of the dead, we will fulfill the commandments with these very, very sublime inner esoteric dimensions. So we're going to be drawing down to the world enormously high levels of godliness, much higher than can ever be accessed now. So therefore, at that time, Torah study will be primarily the inner dimension, the mystical depth of the Torah, the mystical depths of the commandments, their hidden reasons. And the revealed aspects of Torah will be manifest, will be known to every Jew. We'll know them and we're not going to forget it. We won't need to spend time reviewing it and studying it because we'll know it and we won't forget it. Only the mixed multitude, not the Jews, will have to work in these aspects of Torah because they won't have merited to taste the tree of life the inner dimension of Torah. So they're going to need to engage in the revealed aspects of Torah to weaken the power of evil that's connected to them. So through their occupation in the revealed Torah, they'll weaken these forces of evil. And therefore, these forces of evil won't dominate them and bring them to sin. Because it's written in Isaiah, and the sinner at the age of 100 will be cursed, which means among the mixed multitudes, there might be people that will be labeled as sinners even at the times of the Messiah because the evil will cleave to them. So therefore, to weaken its grip, they will need to study the revealed dimensions of Torah. And also on a practical level, they'll need the detailed rulings of prohibition and impurity more than the Jews because for the Jews, God will make sure that nothing's going to occur that's unfit or impure or forbidden because as it says in Proverbs, there shall not befall any sin to the righteous, 
And in the era of the Messiah, every Jew is going to be on this level of righteous. So God will prevent any accidental sin from coming in our path. And it's possible and actually probable that the Jewish people will know the fundamentals of the revealed Torah through their knowledge of the inner dimension of Torah, as we see with Abraham. Because the Talmud says that Abraham fulfilled the entire Torah before it was given. Which we don't really understand because there are passages and commandments of Torah that he couldn't possibly have fulfilled on a physical level. But it says he fulfilled everything. So obviously he fulfilled it on a spiritual and esoteric level. So we're saying similarly in the times of the Messiah, just as Abraham knew the revealed aspects of Torah from their esoteric core, so too in the time of Messiah, the Jews can know the revealed Torah through their knowledge of the esoteric dimension of Torah. And that's why they don't need to occupy themselves with all the laws of permissible and prohibited and pure and impure, all those revealed laws. But in the times of the Second Temple, by contrast, even though the scholars weren't deriving their sustenance from the illiterate, they had their own fields, they had their own vineyards, but they need to be involved with those laws for their practical application. And more importantly, because that was the main purpose of their service, to weaken the power of evil, to elevate the sparks of holiness by means of Torah study and worship. Now, through all of this, we can understand this long quotation from the Zohar, understanding that when it referred to the tree of good and evil, of prohibition and permission, it meant that level of klipas naiga, that admixture of godliness and evil, which until the revelation of Messiah, is a dominant influence in our material world. But with the revelation of Messiah, this dominion will cease. And our divine service will be directed not to extracting sparks, but to bringing even higher supernal unions.